This week we read The Sea of Monsters, Chapter 17. We get a surprise on Miami Beach. Is that on the Denny's secret menu? Welcome back, all our campers. It's me, Old CW. That's right, I'm changing the intro format. It's gonna be brisk from here on out, baby. Welcome to the Jackson 2, the only Percy Jackson reread podcast you're listening to right now. Who else is here with me? Tall friend, sound off. Hi, I'm tall. Science friend, sound off. <laughs> Hi, I'm Isaac, the science friend. There you go. See, you see what science friend did, William? He said his name when I referred to him. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> You know, people know who I am by now. Tall is his middle That's name. True. <laughs> How could they help but do? Okay, uh, what happened last time on this here Poissy Jackson? Well, we finally, after 16 long chapters, got what we came here for. Mm-hmm. That there sheepskin. And yeah. not to be not to be confused with a pigskin, which is a completely different... I was going to say, Percy graduated. Completely different sport. Um, yeah. And, uh, wouldn't you know it, Polyphemus is really good at throwing rocks. Yep. And you know what he did? Clarice is really bad at shutting up. (laughs) Yes, she is. And her yelling leads Polyphemus to just... He triangulates a freaking artillery strike that would make Mm -hmm. Patton proud. The calculus is very impressive, honestly. (laughs) And he, and he just sinks that their Queen Anne's revenge we hardly knew ya. Cool shit. Just take into account the curvature of the Earth because of Plato, etc. <laughs> uh, wouldn't it be funny if Polyphemus was a flat earther? <laughs> <laughs> and he did it, specifically didn't do that. <laughs> How stupid do you think I am? <laughs> just Uncle Rick taking very unsubtle stabs at the anti-science crowd. That does kind of remind me, though, about the, uh, oh, off on a tangent, immediately, but, uh, Mm -hmm. there's this post about... Not even out of the recap. Yeah. Let him tangent, William! There's that post about, uh, Legolas and, like, being able to see farther than anybody else, and Uh somebody did the math, and, like, his eyes would have to be huge and also about three feet above his head to see any of that because of the curvature of the Earth. (laughs) <laughs> Except apparently the elves were made before the earth was curved, so uh-huh. he can still see straight across it, I guess. So that Yeah, yep. be- before the Akala Don't yeah. worry about it. <laughs> and yeah. uh yeah, because elves are super special like that yeah. and can just sail off into space into heaven. Yeah, they're yep. from they're from before Arda got that big uh got that big patch. <laughs> no, he got a patch removed, <laughs> yeah. i.e. the continent. Yeah, he j- Elves just refuse to update. Exactly. No, they're like me with the Comixology app. I won't do it. (laughs) Phenomenal. Okay, so using the power of calculus, Polyphema sinks sinks the car, the QAR, then what? And uh, uh, finding no other options, they call upon them Hippocampi from back before. Rainbow Returns. Ronnie James Dio. Be with you. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 
I love that, but also hate it because it's been through my going through my mind ever since. <laughs> um, that game was fair. in the early two thousands. Yep. Has to be uh, anyway, one two right. years. Uh, well, here we find ourselves. Uh, the gang asleep on the back of a water horse. Yep, waking up in Dexter Town. Population: these chumps and the hippocampi are hopping. Yeah, it turn. It's all that cocaine in the water. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> they are really uncomfortable here. <laughs> you look over. One of them is dressed like Pablo Escobar. <laughs> How can one water horse spend so much money on rubber bands? Uh, yes. So, gentlemen, let's clear the air. Um, I have a confession to make. I have been really unsure the past few chapters about the number of participants um, in any in any given event. There have been several boats and several party member switch-ups. Um, yes. That's why in the last episode that came out, I think I referred to the boys when there was, in fact, just one boy. Um, and it was yep. Percy. So let's let's confirm. Let's just do okay. a roll call. Who is here? There is Tyson. There is okay. Annabeth. There is right. Grover. There okay. is Percy. There sure. is Clarice. Why? Okay. Uh, cool. So we got all five. The gang's back together. Cool. And there's a bunch of weird horses. Uh huh. Yes. Yeah. Just now, at the point where I where I can actually stop worrying about it, now I finally know. <laughs> all right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, to be fair, like to be fair, I kind of forgot about Grover too, but he's been. You know, Everyone does. No. He's been zooming in for like, most of the book, so like. <laughs> exactly. See, that's the thing. Opposite for me, I just always assume he's there because it's PJ and Grover. Why wouldn't it be? Um, and because he's the damsel in distress. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He left that okay. dress behind. <laughs> he, he said no to the dress. Literally. <laughs> um, but what about that dress? What? Uh, damsel in. Yeah, damsel in distress. What about that dress? <laughs> that dress is still in the store. Uh, gotta go further up, man. Got we taken? <laughs> Gonna head down Boston. <laughs> I don't know where his accent is from. Boy, it's m- miscellaneous. Um, oh, I've never been to miscellaneous. Gotta take a left turn at Albuquerque. The- <laughs> so the the hips. Uh, for all their party-saving prowess, cannot handle Miami's waterways. Something about the sound machines being off. Uh, they are polluted, of course, with VHS copies of the Birdhouse and hanging chads left over from the 2000 election. So Indeed. the uh, hippocampi can take them as far as they're going to go. Yep. And they decide, we have to swim to shore! Sure. I guess forgetting momentarily that Percy has water-bending powers. Oh, yeah, um, huh? What the hell? He probably helped, but, like, yeah, That's I don't true. know. Maybe maybe it's on a cooldown? That, that must be it. It must be on a cooldown instead of, like, an MP system. Yeah. Um, so what, what's weird to me is that they take the time to say, Oh, fuck, the hippocampi can't take us any further. We're sorry, seahorses. You can't come along on this adventure. I really hope we're going to be okay without them here in the ocean. And then they just swim to shore, and it's fine. <laughs> yeah, t- yeah. Just n- not even a full paragraph. I mean, they can nope. see the shore, but yeah. That's true. It's like, yeah, we're, we're going to swim. And luckily, Annabeth is healed up enough to not have broken ribs. That's it, it, It's a real 
like in the first book where they just go to the airport with no fanfare whatsoever. It's like yeah, that was I to not the. That. That was not a conflict Uncle Rick was interested in pr- nope. pursuing. <laughs> Don't have time for that. <laughs> if, it, if the result won't affect the story, do not have your players roll the dice. Fair enough. Yeah, that's really fair. That's really fair. That's a conservation of detail kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. So, I've got the quote here. Quote! We wandered along the cruise line docks, pushing through crowds of people arriving for vacations. Porters bustled around with carts of luggage. Taxi drivers yelled at each other in Spanish and tried to cut in line for customers. If anybody noticed us, five kids, dripping wet and looking like they'd just had a fight with a monster, they didn't let on. Oh, Florida. Florida, Florida, Florida. Never change, but also please change dr- desperately. <laughs> yeah, it can be two things. <laughs> uh, watch. We're, we, shortly, shortly after we release this, something terrible will happen there again. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You, you can set your watch to it. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I mean, if it's so, a day of the week. Yeah. They're going to need to navigate Miami. Uh, Tyson and Grover enter camouflage mode, uh, with the cooldown for which has finally reset, which is pretty good. And something really cool happens with the fleece. Turns into a leather jacket. Yeah, that's cool. That's dumb, but cool. Maybe it's because I was the nerd, but I never got the appeal of the leather jacket. Their leather jackets. I always thought they looked kind of ugly. I mean, I I get the idea of it being a a class of garment only. I mean, I don't know. I mean, they just let you buy them though. Is the thing at least in my school? Like you didn't really have to earn one. You could have just filled out the form. It's like none of the classes of people who they were for were appealing to me. So it's like, why am I buying this? Yuts. Yeah. Yeah. Well, also. Also, they do a big job of because when you're in high school, you're you're dumb and you have only lived that amount of time. You have no other context for life or the world. So they really try to upsell you on things like this leatherman jacket is designed to be an heirloom garment, passed downable yeah. <laughs> through the family line. To say nothing of your class ring, <laughs> which is supposed to oh, you know yeah. sit on yeah. your class head. ring, that thing that is definitely still important uh-huh. to anyone ever. Yep. What a sucker's market. Man, and sell those kids anything. Anyway, so they've been away from camp as it appears to transpire, thanks to a copy of the Miami Herald, uh, for 10 days. It is now June 18th, and that means that they gotta get the fleece back to the Thalian timber tonight, yep. or this is all Kerblooey. ASAP. Yeah. <clears throat> I didn't know I was making that fun until I did it. <laughs> <laughs> All puns intended. All puns intended. The soul knows, Isaac. Yep. The soul knows yes. when it's time for a pun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, and uh, and uh, Clarice, in uncharacteristic fashion, kind of mm-hmm. falls to pieces. Well, first, yeah. she and ABC almost become a mutual murder case on CSI Miami. She is kind of freaking out because she thinks that like, hey, there's no way to get back to camp tonight, so clearly right. we failed. Oh, despite having succeeded. If only we had some kind of fantastical flying machine. <laughs> they need a machine that can go faster than any human car. Impossible! <laughs> it can't be done. <laughs> some kind of sky horse. <laughs> um, if only there was such a thing as up. No such thing as up. We'd need to devent a new axis. <laughs> um, so, the axis Q... 
as we've been going through this book, I've been trying to think of it more and more in terms of cyclical storytelling and its relationship to the first book. Mm. Because a lot of the beats line up. And yes. I don't think that's an accident. Probably not. Neither in-world or out-of-world. Or, really. or at least so, probably only partially. Probably partially, yeah. It's a convenient coincidence that Uncle Rick capitalizes on. Or maybe the forces in Percy's world. But see, here's the, here's here's the point where PJ realizes, oh... We were at this point when we literally climbed out of the ocean with the thing, and it almost all went pear-shaped then because we didn't stop and think for a second. So Percy actually realizes that he has completely crashed Clarice's quest and the implications of that for her, re her terrible and abusive father. So uh, he says, hey, Clarice, what that prophecy say, girl? Yeah, let's take a moment yeah. and listen to the exactitudes let's... of a prophecy because, like, that's how these things work. You gotta <laughs> every fucking time. That's how they get yeah. you. You gotta work within the and, and every the time it's terrible. Yes, and the prophecy goes like this: You shall sail the iron ship with warriors of bone, which answers our question from earlier. I guess they were actual zombos. You shall find what you seek and make it your own. But despair for your life entombed within stone, and fail without friends to fly home alone. So PJ reads this and says, okay, well, taking all of Clarice's fuck you energy out of it, uh, he has an idea. <laughs> Tyson, it turns out, is the bankroll for this entire thing now <laughs> because he saved their bag of cash. Yeah, he just <laughs> Yeah, thinking it was food. Yeah, exactly. Tyson yeah. Tyson is a Deus Ex Machina, and I love him for he it. Is. It's very nice because yeah. yeah, he they're they're like, oh man, we lost all that uh, money that was in the duffel bag, and he's like, oh, oh no, nice. I, I found it floating in the sea, but yeah, I thought it was food for Rainbow, but it was only paper inside. Sorry, it's sad. Yeah, and Clarice had a Confederate bill for some reason. <laughs> um, I mean, I mean, what you're gonna you're gonna ride around with a bunch of historical fucks and not take an artifact for that matter oh, you're yeah, gonna be the point. you're gonna be the boss of a bunch of like random zombies and not enforce your power by turning to one guy and saying give me a dollar <laughs> hey hey you <laughs> give me a dollar i don't understand there's there's not a vending machine on on board. Did I ask for your ideas or did I ask for a dollar? What do you mean there's not a vending machine? Yeah, uh, well, that sounds like a problem you need to fix for me. <laughs> Cromsworth. But uh, they hand the green over to Clarice and they send her off, much like PJ did in the first book, on a flight back to Camp Half-Blood with the MacGuffin. As per the prophecy, maybe... Uh, everyone is honestly pretty, like, impressed and confused by the fact that PJ has put this together so quickly, and they're kind of momentarily stunned as a group. Uh, it would, do, it would be a real good time for anything bad to happen. He critically succeeded on his intelligence role. It can happen. All the seaweed in his brain got bloomed out from all the, uh, good, good seawater. Yeah, exactly. Get that iodine in there. And then the entire group rolls a critical failure on their perception check. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, turns out uh, Luke is, like, literally there with a sword. Luke's to meet you! <laughs> like, yeah, just... It's a real future... Don't Luke now! <laughs> oh, fuck off. Well, Lukey here! 
The first one was better. <laughs> Luke's uh, like trouble. <laughs> they certainly yeah, no, do. It's, it's, it's just hey, it's a Luke. real. <laughs> uh, never mind. <laughs> it wasn't a good joke anyway. <laughs> okay, what was it? Go ahead. Go ahead. Nah, you had your chance. No, I did. Well, the audience didn't. I was gonna say it's a real Futurama moment of he's right behind me, isn't isn't he? No, he's in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, that's true. It's just Luke that. Oh, so, what happens next? Uh, a really inefficient like. I don't know what is going on with this hostage situation. Uh-huh. Yeah, they. <laughs> so the the bear man's uh, the man bear pigs. Yeah, collect PJ and the pigs. yes, yep. those guys. Uh, they collect PJ and the team and carry them to the Princess Andromeda, which is of course in the cruise oh, ship port Damn. because we here we are. Why wouldn't it be? Yeah, yeah. That's fair, actually. I mean, it was in the waters off of Florida. That, I yeah. Mean, all right. He did have the coordinates, so yeah. there's that. He pulls them on board, and they get to the aft deck near a swimming pool with a sparkling fountain that's sprayed into the air. Dozen of Luke's assorted goons. Mm, I love an assorted yep. goon compliment. Snake people. Snake people. I used to get one every Christmas. Canadians. Demigods and Padawans. <laughs> <laughs> see, you know what? You know what you really hate to see, though, is that it starts out with Canadians. Then much later in the game, when they start getting really de- desperate for enemy designs, they have one called Canuck, but it's just the Canadian with a palette swap. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> Same maple syrup attack. <laughs> and it turns Ooh. out, turns out there that what Luke has been trying to do this whole time, and seems to have partially succeeded, is what Ares did in the first book. To them, which is, uh, you know, basically the Anton Sugar, you know, bring the thing to me so I don't have to worry about getting it. Yeah, he he was just going to gank them right at the end. Yeah, Uh, have them walk the gank. Yeah, the gank plank, yes. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, the max gank. And, okay, yeah, no. You know, the guy who created gank's constant. (laughs) Yeah, you lost me on that one. (laughs) Uh, something something gangstrums. Uh, so there it is. Uh, but Luke's been bamboozled. Yeah, the bamboozlement continues. Mm-hmm. The bamboozlement's on the other foot now. The bamboozlement will continue until the morale improves. Yep. What were you gonna say, Isaac? Oh yeah, just the uh, the fact that Luke is totally surprised by the horrible possibility mm-hmm. that PJ trusted Clarice enough to give her the fleece and send her on her way. Uh-huh. And that's, you know, Casanova Frankenstein famously said that evil will always triumph because good is stupid. Um, and there's there's not nothing to that. There's something to I'm, that. Wasn't that Dark but, Helmet? Now you see that evil will always triumph. Because good is dumb. Uh, it could be a that lot of too. things. I'm I'm specifically qu- quoting Sir Jeffrey Rush's Casanova Frankenstein, but you know, um, I don't. Uh, no, I, I was just saying I don't remember him saying that. I but oh. I do remember uh, <laughs> Spaceballs. Space yeah. I have not seen either movie in a very long time, so it's very possible I'm transposing. Spaceballs but... holds up very well in some instances and horribly poorly in others, like I... most of Mel Brooks's work. Yeah. 
Can future-proof Mel Brooks? Yeah, I believe it. I gave History of the World Part Two a uh, a good for him and a pass is what I did with that. <laughs> but the, the the corollary to evil will triumph because good is stupid is that evil, as we know, cannot comprehend good. And so, like, cannot plan for what good might do, despite the fact that, you know, the the evil villain has this plan and is considered all contingencies, rah, 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 when, in fact, much more often, it's just like, oh, yeah, this thing you never considered because you're a selfish asshole, that's how we win. Yeah, Yeah, it turns out he considered no contingencies whatsoever. Uh, he's bad at this yeah (laughs) yeah most of them are he's just starting his his post hostage taking yeah i was gonna say the exit interview for him the outer view it's gonna be rough it's gonna be rough there's gonna be lots of room for improvement comments so william yeah william now look aye aye i know this is gonna be tough for you but i want you to know that you're among friends you're safe here and you can trust us i don't like where this is going how did it feel having a prophecy save the day for once. <laughs> uh, I mean, they did actually say it, so, like, that's kind of nice. Yeah, so... Did William quit? What? <laughs> okay. No. Uh, so, what happens is fucking... Uh, I'm sure they'll point it out later, but he, what he does is he takes one of the, go- one of the gold drachma, his last yeah. one, and he does, and he noticed, huh? Fountain, fountain make rainbow. Right. Rainbow makes the horse. Yes, rainbow makes the horse. The horse make talk. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I'm a caveman all of a sudden, but yeah, he. he I liked where you went there. He pulls the whole iris messaging out of his hat, yeah. and uh, uh, Luke Luke fails where syndrome succeeds. Uh, they caught him monologuing. Yes. Yep. Uh, yeah, he just fully baits Luke into monologuing about his entire ass plan. It's, because yeah. villains cannot help themselves. Yeah, it's a very Scooby-Doo meddling kids moment because he's... It really <laughs> we is. We get the whole, uh, the whole monologue of his evil plan that just happens to be heard by everybody at Camp Half-Blood thanks to the Iris mm-hmm. message. Mom is crappy. Camera. Perry yep. Mason would roll his eyes at this, you know, on the stand confession. <laughs> For real, it's like he confesses to poisoning the Thalian timber. He confesses to uh, framing Chiron. For the whole thing, and he even says at one point, "Why do you keep making me say this over and over again?" You already knew this. What do you mean louder? Why do you want me to project? I'm. I'm in the room with you. I don't need to hit the back seats. <laughs> well, why are you making? Why are you making me say, uh, say this into your chest button? <laughs> you leave my diaphragm out of this. Um, um, yes. So he says that the plan was to give PJ the fleece after he healed Kaonosh with it. Why we don't know. Um, we don't know what PJ might have to heal. What he knows that we don't know, and that is actually terrifying. Because if there's anything, a little bit, if there's anything scarier than an implied threat, it's an implied threat from an unstable and incompetent villain. Because those can go way more wrong. Who clearly knows more than you, but not nearly as much as he thinks he does. Yeah. Exactly, uh, Isaac. Oh, I, I was gonna say the the bit. So like, it sounded like you were saying giving. PJ the fleece afterwards was 
like maybe part of the evil plan but i like i feel like that's maybe just a you know hey i just needed it for a while you can take it to fix the tree later uh, but uh I don't oh. know. yeah but maybe a bit of a last minute f you because haha now it's too late Oh, just kind of a, not even mercy, but like, here, I don't even need this anymore. This incredibly yeah. powerful object that would have fixed all your problems. It's a pittance for me now. Yeah. yeah. God, what a dick. Um, yeah, very much so. Unsurprisingly, the teen chooses drama every time. Yeah. yeah. And uh, speaking of dicks, uh, you What's know up? who's in attendance to this confession? Andy? Uh, Dionysus and Tantalus. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I really don't want to do the speech. Fire? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did fire. Whatever. Dude, come on. Fine for you. Fire! Uh, I guess. And uh, Dionysus, under what seems to be extreme duress, admits, fine, I guess Chiron didn't do it. Y'all can come back. He didn't technically do a crime. So, So... He turns to Tantalus, who is chasing a burger around a plate, and, mm-hmm. and says, your <laughs> services are no longer needed. And, uh... This is right as he catches the hamburger. And, <laughs> is, <laughs> and he finally gets it. Amazed that he can almost eat it. Oh, God. Yeah. So you may return to the underworld. This was the moment in which I was... I was happy for I was happy for Tantalus. I I can't help it. Anybody anybody knows my icon is always Jughead Jones eating a cheeseburger. <laughs> that is true. This was the common ground I could find with Tantalus. Yep. Yeah, and yeah, it's it's just a great moment, if I may. <clears throat> Tantalus grabs the cheeseburger. It didn't bolt away from him. He lifted it from the plate, stared at it in amazement, as if it was the largest diamond in the world. I got it. He cackled. We no longer need your services, Tantalus, Mr. D announced. Tantalus looked stunned. What? But you may return to the underworld. You are dismissed. No, but no! As he <laughs> dissolves into mist, his fingers clutched at the cheeseburger, trying to bring it to his mouth. But it was too late. He disappeared, and the cheeseburger fell back onto its plate. That, yeah, amazing. And the crowd goes wild. Everything. Yay. It's everything you deserve. Oh, I I just find it hilarious because the fact that like suddenly he was able to catch the food means that this was some kind of active process that like uh-huh. that the whole time Dionysus was just playing the like cat with a laser thing. Just fucking with every it. single yep. meal. the whole time. It's like with George Costanza <laughs> in a movie theater. <laughs> yes, God, the whole. Uh. It's so close and yet so far. <laughs> yeah, sure. Why not? I'm a cheeseburger guy. Oh. God, it's the it's the it's the relatable aspect that makes us really sympathize with a villain. Also, now I want a cheeseburger. <laughs> so yeah, uh, the crowd goes wild. Everybody is thrilled to have uh, this the fairly fairly tenuous status quo restored. Yeah, <laughs> but um, Luke says, "Quote: Kaonosh was right, Percy. You're an unreliable weapon. You need to be replaced." To which Casey said, <laughs> wait, what the fuck? <laughs> You'll never leave this boat alive. Bum, 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 dramatic reverb. And what's the next chapter called, Isaac? Chapter 18. The party ponies invade. Oh, shit. <laughs> well, they are in Miami, so who knows what that could mean. <laughs> 
I was going to say, it does mean friendship is magic. We know that yep. much. Short chapter, but a lot happened. Yep. It, the, the end of the, the endings of these books are real choppy and quick. That is yeah, true. But like yeah, a it's... good kind of choppy. Yeah, stuff gets done. It's not that he gets tired of writing the book exactly. It's um, <laughs> listeners with a production-minded bent may notice uh, that in our episodes, the first half tend to have a lot more audio jokes. <laughs> and that's because as I get to the end of the episode, I get tired. <laughs> um, and so I just I just tend to like clean it up and let it run. Um, and I, I kind of think Uncle Rick is working on a similar program there. It's just like, okay, let's just, let's just do this. Come on. Yep. Story <laughs> is told. Let's get out of here. Exactly. Relatable, but with plenty. Let's get a burger. But with plenty of time for the unexpected to happen, uh, such as the party ponies. <laughs> yep. Uh, Who are they? Where did they come from? It doesn't matter. Where did with, they go? We'll never know. That's not true. Yep. We'll probably know next time. Well, a uh, bit of a shorter episode this time, uh, but a bit of a bit of a shorter chapter. Not a lot we could have done yeah. about that, gentlemen. Before we set sail on the newly recaptured princess, well, no, that's not true. He's still in control of the princess. They're still in very real danger, aren't they? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> yeah, there there is no control. <laughs> we oh. did leave off on. We will never leave this boat alive. So. Oh, yeah. I, I retract some of my earlier optimism. <laughs> uh, re the outcome of this situation. What if the party ponies are armed to the teeth and uh, escort the kids to an eternal disco dungeon of, of terror and torture? Disco is not dead. Disco is life. I guess we'll have to see. Phenomenal. And you'll have to see, too, listener. Just turn tune in next time. Go ahead and read chapter 18. You can go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash semi-automagicinc, and hear us discuss uh, in the pre-show the ways that modern life is ridiculous and also whether Spain has a time. Uh, Before we conclude the episode, gentlemen, I have to ask, floating in the waters of Miami, Mm -hmm. in that thick, swampy sea, among all the bodies that Dexter left there, did you find yourselves any Brunners? In my world, I'm known as Chiron. Uh, yeah, I really did. Me too. What'd you find? Well, it's a very short chapter. So if I say there are two moments, that's basically the entire thing. Yeah, yeah. But I really liked Percy's bamboozlement. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of continued the kind of cartoony flow of, like, Grover being like, no, don't eat me yet. You have to cook me properly. Um, He he brought a little Bugs Bunny inspiration (laughs) from the the Toon Lands of the uh, Sea of Monsters. He really did. He he played he played to a teenage boy athlete's ego. So, yeah, he knew he had a good Mm. five minutes. You know, it's one of those things where it's like, I, I just love a good, you know, bamboozlement of a villain yeah Mm -hmm. uh but without question my main brunner is tantalus getting what's coming to him (laughs) where he finally gets his hands on something and after this entire book of being just a complete douche nozzle 
just getting it ripped away at the last minute. Yep. Like, that yes. Poor, that poor hamburger denied its purpose, denied its moment of glory and triumph. Yeah. It's surrounded oh, by teenagers. Someone will pick it up. Valid. Yep. <laughs> That's true. I hope it's me. Well, and an- another thing is that the food is ra- is very rarely described in particular terms. It's always just barbecue. Like, uh, I think the one time it was mentioned specifically was that PJ got some, like, olive and pepperoni pizza, which uh, sounded pretty good, actually. I'd like to try that sometime. Yes. But just... I love specific- olives on pizza. I've never tried it just because I haven't. Because, you know, it's like a whole pizza. If you get it and you don't like what's on it, like, yeah. okay, well, I guess that's a whole pizza I still have yeah. to eat. I mean, like you, can always pick the, you can always pick the bad toppings off. Well, that's that's true. Got to find a buy the slice place. Yeah, that's true. I got to do that. I think there's one in a nearby walking mall. I might have to check that out. Homies, let me tell you, there is there is no harsher reality on this wavelength to face than when you start shopping for cereal as a grown up for yourself for the first time. When we moved here, I was really like, hey, wait a minute, I'm a grown up. I'm alone in the cereal aisle. I can wreak whatever havoc I want. I bought myself a box of Cookie Crisp. That shit tastes like dirt, <laughs> sons. Yeah, it, it is. <laughs> It is lightly sweetened sawdust. Yeah. It's garbage, and I had to eat the whole thing because I paid for it. You didn't, though. I, yes, I did. I bought it with my own grown-up human money. No, I mean, you didn't have to eat it. Yes, I did. I couldn't go back to Albertsons and be like, excuse me, I'm not six anymore, and that's your problem somehow. I mean, you could have just thrown it away. <laughs> well, just think of all the... Think think of all the kids in China who don't have any kooky crisp. I don't know. <laughs> They're so they, happy they have better breakfast. <laughs> yeah. You, yeah, you know you know what they have for breakfast in China? What? Fried noodles. Oh fuck. <laughs> Shit, they know what's up. <laughs> uh, yeah, apparently it's a very Western thing to have like meals s- separated by type, depending on yeah. type of day. I can see that. Uh, but yeah, no, I had a similar uh, encounter with um, Fruity Pebbles. And what? What, what do you mean? What Fruity are you Pebbles. about to say about Fruity Pebbles? Oh, that they they taste they similarly taste like sawdust. What the fuck are you talking about? Did you have COVID when you did this? No, I was. It, it, this was in like 2016, and I was like, "Hey, I'm an adult with my own money." I can buy whatever garbage cereal my parents didn't buy me, and they were right not to. <laughs> Listen, I can I can understand trying fruity pebbles and not liking them. I'm not I'm not arguing against that. I'm just saying, like sawdust. What do you mean? They're pure sugar. Yeah, it's like sweetened sawdust. They do have the texture, though. It's just a bunch of little bits in your mouth. <laughs> have you ever had maple sawdust? Because that might be comparable. <laughs> um, so, uh, fruity. Pebbles. Uh, I recommend to the both of you and to the listeners uh, a podcast called the called the Empty Bowl, uh, which is just a meditative cereal podcast. They just talk about all the cereal news. They do some reviews, and they always talk like this. There's a prerequisite that the levels are kept below a certain volume and a certain pitch and a certain energy level. And if you want to fall asleep listening about cereal and have yourself a dream that you're swimming in a great big bowl of honey bunches of oats. Well, you just go right ahead. And uh, it's very good. I recommend it. Similarly, Drifting Off with Joe Para, the podcast sequel to the late lamented Joe Para Talks With You, is absolutely fantastic. Um, Interesting. 
But William, what is your what is your favorite cereal? What what embodies to you the promise that Fruity mm. Pebbles falsely made as a child? I actually have I, I have a lot of cereals I like. Um, yeah, I really like Honey Bunches of Oats. It's mm. it, it might be the best one, right? Just like yeah, on balance. Yeah, but I'm yeah. also an old man and always have been, so I also enjoy Raisin Bran. So, dude, Raisin Bran is fucking what's up? It, even without the crunchies, it doesn't need the crunch. No, yeah. th- you know what's crunchy already? Bran. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Valid if you're point. doing it right. I'm not entirely sure what Bran is, but it's good for my GI track. Yep. Isn't it oat? Isn't it oat Bran? Is that what it is? I don't know. It's some part of the grain. One of those grainy plants. I don't know. Yeah, it's part of the husk. I thought it, I thought it was oat. I could be wrong. Well, and, and there might be wheat bran too. For all I know. Yeah, there might yeah. be. No. It, it, it might be something that you can make it out of any seed. It's exactly. like milk. Yeah, I am. I am there with you. Re raisin bran. Um, shredded wheat also great. Love, uh, also love shredded well, wheat. Frosted. Frosted. Yep, yep. Yeah. Isaac, what about uh, you? What do you What are you spooning up a big yeah, bowl I'm, of? I'm usually on that uh, mini wheat's wavelength as well. Yeah. Yeah. I I like um. You, you know what I've discovered? The British have been hiding this from us for years, and they'll never, the I'll never forgive them. It's called it? wheat. It's called wheat bix. Wheatabix. Yes. It's basically an entire bowl of shredded wheat, okay. but in one unit. <laughs> you go, <laughs> like a brick. Go, go it, on. It is the mega wheat. The, uh, well, okay, so like, so like, the like shredded wheat originally was. Yeah, it's like, it's, the it's big... like yeah, it's it's basically. In, you know, instead of a thousand little bits of shredded right. wheat, it's one big shredded wheat. Oh, like they used like they used to come. Yeah, that's how that's how shredded wheat used to be. Oh, I didn't know that's that. That's why the, that's why the mini wheats are mini. Ah, makes sense. Yeah, but yeah, you you just put this big brick in your in your bowl, pour the milk on top, and smash it up. Just it's go to town. Great. I, honestly, it's I'll a, do that. With it's a little I'll... bar. It's a little barbaric, but uh, yeah. you know. Sometimes you want to smash things first. Your inner cereal hunter. Yeah. Now, see, I I eat my cereal out of a mug or out of a tall cup uh, because it's easier to hold. It's better for sluicing down the last remnants. It's better for a lot of reasons for me. Anyway, but I will often when I'm having sluicing. Yeah. Word of the day. I will often put, like, shredded wheat specifically into the tall cup or whatever and get, like, a little hammer that we have for, you know, like a meat tenderizing hammer and just crunch it up. Just, like, pre-pulverize it so it's just sweet wheat goop, baby. (laughs) Just get you an immersion blender. (laughs) Oh, you gotta get that delicious wheat. Yeah, exactly. You know what? That might save time, honestly. Uh, This has been cereal talk while I give... To give mm-hmm. my compatriots time to think of their runners. Oh, yeah. oh I've got mine, but I've... Isaac's going to go first. Okay, up, yeah, I've, I've got mine right off the bat. Uh, I apologize, I didn't expect that to become that's a okay. thing. It's okay, it's Mm-mm. tangent time is what we're here for. Anyway, yeah. so my brunner goes to uh, pretty much the beginning of the chapter when they're saying goodbye to Rainbow and the sea ponies. And uh, <laughs> Tyson reaches into his pocket and gives Rainbow a soggy mango that he picked up on the island. <laughs> They did have mangoes. Motherfucker, you scooped my brother, Isaac. <laughs> Great minds think alike, my man. I think this is the first time this has ever happened. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, there's no protocol for oh, this. No. Um, but yes, there were mangoes the whole time. 
Yeah. Either that or Tyson just coincidentally happens to carry a mango for just such an occasion. Yeah, just a mango in his pocket. Yeah. Here, have yeah. one. It's full of seawater. the style at the time. <laughs> exactly. Fortunately. <laughs> Slave to fashion that I am. <laughs> um, Tyson is gradually becoming my cat, Moose. <laughs> um, <laughs> we talked like that. Hello, Daddy. No, I don't know what's going on over here. <laughs> um, so... The evolution of Tyson, uh, his growth has been very impressive. Well, yeah, I, I, I'll be honest. I don't know what to do with a with a daily double of Brunner's. Um, a, a Brunner, the Brunner bubble is gonna burst. We'll need to figure oh, no. out terminology. I can, I can do, can do that later. But uh, wow, have we never had a shared Brunner before? I feel like we have. I don't, I don't think we have. I could be wrong. Editor Casey, listen to every episode and find out. No, man. No, you're not gonna do that. Cool. You do you, big guy. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we do have a short chapter and three people instead of two, so... Yeah, that's true, and usually I'll try to find, uh, like, a couple of them, just so I can, you know, bounce off to another one if one gets taken earlier, but uh, you're right, it's a very, very thin chapter. I knew I should have started making a spreadsheet of our Brunners from the first episode. (laughs) I mean, we'll, we'll have a break from the chapter soon enough, you still can. That's true. Yeah, uh, it'll be another another twixt book interstitial pretty soon. Yeah. Well, listeners, um, we don't tweet anymore, but you can not really. Uh, go to, you can go to my website. It's thebegaler.com, where I post every episode, and you can let us know what your Brunner is. I changed the settings. You do not have to have a WordPress account anymore. It turns out that was just a default security oh, thing. So go to nice. town. Comment anonymously. Tell me your secrets. Did you kill that man that dark night? Must no one ever know. Rest assured, it's safe with me for a price. Wink. Um, you can email us if you should like at thejackson2pod at gmail.com, although very few people have taken the opportunity to do so. Oh, we never say this. If you should uh, care to give us a rating in the like podcast platform of your choice, uh, and maybe like a comment, like a review, those are extremely helpful. Uh, it would be great if we could get our weekly download numbers into double digits. Double you know what digits. I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah. That'd be great. Actually, you know what? They're probably in double digits already. I might be doing our, our fan base a disservice. Let me let me go to... I mean, last Jackson week, didn't you... Say, last yeah, recording, didn't you say that we had really? a grand total of 16? I am trying to establish a running bit. Will you oh. play the fuck along for once? Will you yes and me? Casey, have you not noticed that I'm really bad at improv this whole <laughs> me <too>. time? <laughs> me too. Uh, no, it looks like we had 13 downloads in the past seven days. Uh, but no, if you uh, want to spread the word, we would very much appreciate yeah. it. Tell us what your favorite serials are. No, tell us what you think your favorite character's favorite cereal is. Ooh. Let's see. There we go. Get some fandom in on this. Yeah. So Annabeth, Annabeth, I think we could agree. Let's get the ball rolling here. Annabeth, I think we can agree, is a, is a practical girl, right? First and foremost. Oh, yeah, no. She, she is straight brand, not even raisin brand. Yeah, I was going to like grape nuts, something like that. Yeah. Or, you know what? No, no, no. Muesli, right? Mm, yeah. yeah. She is yeah. a unadorned muesli. She just she just embraces it. And, you know, you'd think with her architectural preferences, loving as she does the sort of, uh, you know, neoclassical Rococo kind of thing, you'd think she'd be into some fancier stuff, maybe some special K with red berries, as it's called, enticingly. What are the red berries? I don't know. 
<laughs> um, but no, it's it's really plain. Isaac, what about what about you? What do you think? Uh, what do you think Grover's chowing down on uh, of a morning? Uh, the box. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't really matter what cereal's in the bag. He's he's just chowing down on the box. He's having no, a good old goat time. That's on that's on me. Really, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I thought was going to happen. <laughs> Oh boy! <laughs> I can't wait to listen back to some of these episodes because, like, a lot of the time Casey just kind of peeks out when he laughs, and so yep. like, I got to get the yeah. full context later. Oh. Yeah, I do. It's real bad. I yeah. Oh, it's great. This is my nature. Yeah. All right, and that just leaves that just leaves PJ of the big of the big three. Let's see what PJ PJ's. Wait a PJ. minute. What's the, blue, what's the bluest cereal? Uh, they do make blueberry muffin tops, or they used to. Uh, Captain Crunch, all Crunch Berries. Ah. All Crunch Berries, because it does have they, they have blue, they have blue Crunch Berries. Is that? The, yeah, the, it's predominantly blue, and it comes in a blue box. Well, there you go. I think, or at least I, and, at least and, it did last time I saw it. Well, and it's a nautical theme. That is true. Yeah. Horatio Magellan Crunch. Yeah, Captain and Her Majesty's Navy. Well, His Majesty now. That's weird. It's weird that Captain Crunch has survived the queen he served. Well, it helps that he's fictional and cannot die. No, the king is very real, <laughs> William. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, the first time I saw, I was I was browsing the, the Comixology release calendar, as is my custom to try to convince myself that the future is real. Um, and the first new James Bond series are coming out called, like, On His Majesty's Secret Service. And that... That don't feel right. Yeah. No, it weirded me out real bad to realize that every James Bond has served the same queen. Uh, and... It's kind of fucked up. I I, I don't know. It's... Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Thank you, Isaac. Yeah. (laughs) Dear Dynamite Comics, what the hell? (laughs) Right. Um... You get back to making Deja Thoris of Mars adaptations that you can't buy without being added to a sex predator list. Um, um, uh, maybe don't. What? No, don't yeah. do that. No, it's because they make... Listen, in John Carter of Mars, the Martians, specifically the Martians of Helium, capital city of Mars, of which Deja mm-hmm. Thoris is princess, they're described as being basically naked, but with like... Belts to hold dangling stuff. Nope, just like you know, like belts tools. to hold. I mean, tools and no, useful listen, things. Listen, okay, but uh, every time that comes up in the books, it's brought up and then immediately dropped, and it's not a big deal. You don't have to think yeah, about it the whole time. It, it, it's, it's 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 like describing someone wearing shoes in a normal book. It's like you don't need to worry about it unless it's specific, really specific shoes. Exactly, like it, like in the Stormlight Archive, women having their 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 left hands sewn up in their sleeves and their safe hands that only comes up when they need to use the left hand. It's not a big deal. Anyway, uh, the comics artists, on the other hand, sit down and say to themselves, "Now, how can we make these people look more naked than if they were actually wearing no clothes?" <laughs> um, and lowest common denominator, baby. It is a terrible. Um, the John Carter movie, however, uh, starring Taylor Kitsch and Brian Cranston and Willem Dafoe Wait, and Mark what? Strong. Uh, a lot of really good people in that movie, actually. We might need to read. We might need to watch that. Stanley Tucci's Wario is in that movie? <laughs> I saw that meme today, too. That made me really happy. <laughs> uh, 
Anyway, we might need to rewatch that after we finally watch Southland Tales, after any of us has any more time for recording more than the Bare Bones episodes to which we already owe our audience. Someday. Um, I mean, you don't need to ask me, but, you know, I know y'all are... You guys are much more adult than I am I somehow and have I much more pressing I don't times. Think, William, I don't think that's true. You you, you are tall. Um, but yes, we'll figure it out eventually. <laughs> Until then, all our buddies, be good to yourselves, be good to each other, and if you should find yourselves afloat in the Miami surf, just look around, and before too long, you'll spot a golden girl. And that's how you'll know you're home. Thanks you. Th- th- thank you for being a friend, all our buddies. Kapla. Kapla.